Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Well, good morning again. Without a doubt, the number one prayer request that people request prayer for is for people's physical health. Even in the Bible, in um, John, three John, you know, there's, there's four Johns in the Bible. Did you know that? There's the Gospel of John, and then 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. 3 John, verse 2 John says, dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. What's implied here is John is writing to his friend Gaius and and he's saying, Gaius, I know what a spiritually strong guy you are. I hope your, your physical health measures up to your spiritual health. Now, we spend billions of dollars a year on our health. Doctors, medicines, lab tests, scans, procedures, you, you name it. I, I mean, all of us understand that. By the way, a little fun fact here for you. Americans spend more per person than any other country in the world. And yet we are the most unhealthy nation most obese nation of any developed country in the world. <clears throat> we have the worst or the poorest diet of any industrialized nation in the world. You suppose there might be a connection there. What we eat, how we eat, is directly tied to our spiritual well-being. Hear this. We can't be so ignorant, and, and please hear, I'm preaching to me as much as I am to anybody else. We cannot be so ignorant as to claim to love Jesus and care about God when we eat garbage and we fill our lives with toxic stuff and then we say, oh, God, I want to honor you with my life, with my body, that you are the temple, you know, that, that my body is your temple. You know, I, I don't want to digress here. Um, you know, this, this isn't really going to be a message about our physical health. But the point is, we spend billions of dollars on our, our health, but we spend almost nothing on, on any kind of resource on our spiritual health. And what we do is we, we paint a smile on and we say everything's great with me when spiritually we're dying inside. Back in the 17th and 18th century, uh, it became popular for men and women to wear powdered wigs and they would put on heavy makeup. Now, this was especially true among the more well-to-do because they could afford the luxury. 
But they didn't do this so much to enhance their beauty. What they were trying to do was hide all of the pockmarks and diseases and garbage that was growing on them, all of the open sores and, and all of that kind of stuff. Just for an example, they thought that bathing was unhealthy, that it opened you up to diseases. And so, for instance, Queen Victoria only had two baths in her entire life. You suppose she stunk a little? Two baths when she was christened as a baby and on her wedding day. Only two times she ever bathed. I hope I've grossed you out a little. <laughs> because that's my point. Because we do the exact same thing spiritually speaking. We paint on a cover to cover up our maladies, to, to hide our problems rather than deal with them and rather than be healthy spiritually. Hear this very carefully. Spiritual vitality, spiritual strength is attained only through our hard work. Let me say that again. Your spiritual health, your spiritual strength is gained only through working at it. Just like physical health doesn't just happen. It requires us to be proactive, that we have to eat right, we have to exercise, we have to do all of those things that all of us know we're supposed to do. Well, spiritual health is the same way. It, the, if you want to be a spiritually strong person, then it requires you to be intentional in the way you go after growing spiritually. Let's take a look at what the Bible says about this. The first thing we need to understand is in order to be healthy, we have to have a strong immune system. In our physical bodies, if you don't have a strong immune system, you're going to be susceptible to everything that comes along. Even a little simple cold can become deadly if you don't have a strong immune system. Well, spiritually speaking, we are constantly being exposed to things. We're exposed to temptation. We're exposed to false teaching. We're exposed to persecution. We're exposed to worldliness. There's all kinds of things that we are being constantly exposed to. And if you, are, if you don't have a spiritually strong immune system, you're going to be susceptible and it's going to affect you. You know, things like temptation and, and spiritual hardships are, are, are a fact of life. We can't live in a bubble. We don't live in a bubble. And the truth is we're not supposed to live in a bubble. Our responsibility as Christians are to be out in the world being salt and light. We are to go out into the world and make disciples. 
That's our job. That's our responsibility. And so we have to have a strong spiritual immune system, a, a strength about us spiritually so that we can conduct the business that God has given us to do. So when we have a strong spiritual immune system, then we're going to be able to stand up to the, the hardships that, that come. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 12 and 13 say, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. What this is telling us is that when when hardships come, when temptations come, if you are a spiritually strong person, you're going to understand and see your way to maneuver through that 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 temptation. We'll also be able to live more wisely, more intelligently, spiritually speaking. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Again, understand, we have a responsibility. You have personally a responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ to be about the kingdom of God. You didn't get saved just so that you can live happily ever after the way you think you ought to. God saved you first and foremost so that you could be in fellowship with him, but then so that you could be about the work of the kingdom. We'll be able to withstand the, the tricks, the temptations, the, the darts, the arrows that Satan throws at us. And again, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, it says, "...be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power." Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Again, it's this idea that you have to be spiritually strong. One of the ways that you become strong is through exercise. To stay healthy, we have to be active. Did you know that Sitting is the new smoking. For years and years and years, they have told us, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke. Well, okay, that makes sense. We all understand that. Now, one of the things that they are, are saying is, get off your bottoms, get active, start moving, do things, because we as Americans have become sedentary. We sit so much that it is as unhealthy as smoking is. So there's a need for physical activity. We get that. But guess what? There is a need for spiritual activity. God wants you to be active, not to be lazy or, or sluggish, spiritually speaking. 
Listen to this in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. We wish that each of you would always be eager to show how strong and lasting your hope really is. Then you would never be lazy. Now, again, this is speaking spiritually. This is not talking about physical activity. Then you would never be lazy. You would be following the example of those who had faith and were patient until God kept his promises to them. See, we need to be spiritually active. We have been created to do good works. If I can stress this, you know, I don't think I can stress this too much. Each of you as followers of Jesus Christ, have a calling on your life to be active for the kingdom of God. It's not the preacher's job. It is Christian's job. So we need to understand that. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Before the foundation of the universe, God knew you and God has a plan for your life. And it's not just to do your job. It's to live for the kingdom of God, to point people to Jesus Christ, to, to live as salt and light in society. There is work to be done. We've been saved to serve. Matthew 10 um, or excuse me, Matthew 20, verse 27 says, whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man, that's speaking of Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. <clears throat> what we need to understand is we are to be followers of Jesus Christ. We are to be his disciples. So if we are followers of Christ and Christ came to serve, guess what? We're here to serve. That is every one of our jobs, our responsibility. Each of us has work to do. 1 Corinthians 12 Verses 5 through 7 and then verse 18 says there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but in the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. So we need to exercise ourselves spiritually. 1 Timothy 4, second half of verse 7 says, train yourselves to be godly. When you stand before God one day, he's going to say, what did you do with your life? This is telling you, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. It's not okay to do nothing spiritually. It, that is a no-no. Train yourself to be godly. 
I have a question for you here. If you own a Bible, raise your hand. Okay, everybody owns a Bible. That's all you need. You don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to have anything other than a Bible in order to train yourself spiritually to become godly. That's all you need is a Bible. You don't have to do anything else other than engage the word of God. And, and, and the time is short. We have to be active. God gave us so much time. Each of us has so much time. And during that time frame, our job is to be active for the kingdom of God. And if we're not active, then we're messing up. We need to understand that. One day, each and every one of us are going to stand in front of God. And God is going to say to you, what did you do with the life that I gave you? And we're going to have to give an accounting. This isn't talking about whether we go to heaven or not. Even when you go to heaven, you are going to stand before God and God is going to say, what did you do with the life I gave you? And your reward in heaven is going to be directly tied to what you did with your life. If you were a follower of Christ. So we need to understand that. We must work effectively and, and fulfill the roles that, that we all have. Now, I hesitate to mention this um, because, it, but it, it's part of spiritual strength and spiritual growth. We have to have periodic rest. Now, I say I hesitate to mention this because some people have been resting for years and that's not okay. You know, it, it is not okay to do nothing for the kingdom. When you are serving and pouring yourself into ministry, it's natural to be able to take a step back, to take a break, to say, I, I need a breather. You know, we, we see that again in our, our regular lives. We work during the day. At night, we come home, we rest. God planned it that way. God gave us a seventh day, and on the seventh day, we are to rest so that you have a day off every once in a while. That's normal. It's understandable. In Mark chapter 6, verse 30 and following, it says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry to her and told him all they had done and taught. Now catch this. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Everybody needs downtime. That's okay. But what we need to understand is that that downtime isn't just where we prop our feet up and click on the remote and vegetate in front of a television. What spiritual rest doesn't mean do nothing. It means do something that will refresh you, that will, will help you to, to kind of recharge. 
In Mark chapter 1, it says this of Jesus. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. What was Jesus doing? He was recharging. He was re-energizing. He was reconnecting with God so that he had focus and direction and that he knew that he was, he was on track. Jesus did it. It's okay. That's what we are to do. You know, in Philippians 4, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. In other words, reconnect with God. Get, get things out in the open. Say, God, I'm struggling with this. I've got this going. Thank you for this. Help me with this. This problem is going on over here. That's where you come and you, you kind of get it out in the open with God. We must constantly be working and moving forward. And part of that is rest. You know, even in our physical lives, if you, if you lift weights, you don't lift the same every day. You, you lift and you rest and, and you lift, you do different work and then you rest because the body has to recover. The same is true spiritually. You know, the, the, in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. But catch this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, too often what we do is we obey, we follow the behaviors and the customs of the world. You're, you're having troubles, you're being stressed, you're, you're being attacked. And instead of approaching it from a spiritual standpoint, we approach it from a worldly standpoint. Well, what does that look like? Well, we drink too much. We eat too much. We look at pornography. We, we spend money we don't have. We do things to try and address what's going on in us spiritually, you know, the, the emptiness or the, the, the brokenness that we have spiritually instead of allowing God to change the way we think and allowing God to, to work in our lives, we approach it like the world. And what happens? It makes us sicker, spiritually speaking. It doesn't heal us. It makes us worse. So what we have to do is recognize that we feed our minds on the things that will help us grow spiritually. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Another word that you could replace peace with is rest. This is what this is saying is that when you, when you engage God, he's going to give you rest. He's going to give you peace. He's going to, to help you handle the stress, the strain of life. 
just as in your physical body, if you're doing everything wrong, you know, if you have a poor diet and you don't exercise and you're stressed and you're burning the candle at both ends, all of that kind of stuff, you can expect to have bad health, right? I, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Well, spiritually speaking, if, if we are doing everything wrong spiritually, we can't expect to be strong spiritually speaking. If we could see our spiritual body, sadly, I think most of us would be sick and diseased and bloated, and we'd have to wear powdered wigs and makeup, you know, to, to, to try to hide our, our spiritual maladies. Let's start today living healthy spiritual lives. How do we do that? Well, first of all, by, by eating correctly the spiritual food that will help us be healthy people. You know, uh, it, children are notorious for hating to eat their vegetables or, you know, they don't like to eat spinach or broccoli or, or whatever they're not, you know, they don't like. We need to understand that there is spiritual food that helps us grow. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is being tempted after he's been in the wilderness for 40 days. And so Satan comes to him knowing he's hungry and he says, hey, why don't you turn these rocks into bread? And Jesus says, no, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's where our spiritual health comes from, from the mouth of God. You, you know, if you're not daily, hear this, if you are not daily reading and learning from the Bible, you are spiritually sick. You are spiritually malnourished. Please hear that. Imagine if once a week, you ate and drank, and the rest of the week you didn't eat or drink all week. Would you be a healthy person? Of course not. You have to eat daily. You have to drink daily in order to, to live, in order to survive. Well, spiritually speaking, this is also true. If you are not feeding on the word of God, if you are not engaging the word of God, if you are not allowing the word of God to nourish you spiritually speaking, you are sick, you are malnourished. The Lord's words are the words of life. John 6 says the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And then he goes on, um, Simon Peter in verse 68 says, you have the words that give eternal life. If you want to live spiritually, you have to feed on the word of God. And you have to avoid spiritual junk food, spiritual garbage. The Bible refers to feeding on sound doctrine. What does that mean? That means healthy teaching. Feed your spirit the word of God. Now, 
a lot of us are drawn to um, reading different authors. And, you know, <clears throat> please hear me carefully. If you're feeding on stuff like Joel Olstein and, and you're, you're feeding on junk food, that is not godly preaching and teaching. Even if you're feeding on John MacArthur or, or David Jeremiah or someone like that, okay, but understand that's not the word of God. It's someone's interpretation of the word of God. Be in the Bible. Be in the word of God. If you want to supplement with something else, with, with, with a good biblically sound teacher, okay. But don't, don't replace the word of God with somebody else. That's, that's so critical. So feed on sound doctrine. You know, uh, 1 Timothy 1 says anything that contradicts the teaching that comes from the Bible is garbage. So let me, let me expand that a little bit. If you sit there and watch television and the shows you watch promote sinful behaviors, you know, it promotes um, getting drunk and sleeping around and homosexuality and, and all of those sort of things that the Bible says are wrong. If you sit there and you allow that to come into your mind and, and you're not checking that, if you're not blocking that, then you are feeding spiritually on junk. You are allowing your body, your spirit to absorb something that is not godly, that is contrary to the word of God. You have to guard against that. This is so important. This is part of don't conform to the world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind through Christ Jesus. The Bible talks about people that want to hear it, you know, that have itching ears. And, and what that means is that, that there are people who, who they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what they agree with. Don't be that way. We've had people get mad and leave the church because things were preached on, you know, um, you know, the, the truth is God hates divorce. That doesn't mean God hates divorced people, but God hates divorce. Don't get mad because the Bible says that. Just understand that's God's perspective. We've had people get mad because I pointed out that homosexuality is a sin. It is. The Bible clearly says so. Don't get mad. Conform to the word of God. Understand what the Bible teaches and live by that rather than saying, no, I want the Bible to conform to what I want to believe. We must conform to the word of truth, which is the word of God. And we can't, we can't compromise that. Spiritual health is more important than your physical health. Because your physical health, no matter how spectacular it is, you're still going to die someday. It doesn't matter. Our spiritual health is going to last for eternity. 
So it's important for us to understand that and focus on being as healthy as possible, spiritually speaking. Now, this is what spiritual health looks like. And I'll, I'll finish with this in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. And then Paul goes on, until I get there, focus on reading the scripture to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you have received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. In that section there, there are several things, but it boils down to stay true to the word of God. Stay in the word of God so that you know what the word of God is teaching. Allow your life to be conformed by the word of God be an example by the way you live, the way you speak, the way you teach, the way you act. That's what we're called to do. That's what spiritual health looks like. If you're not spiritually healthy, then seek the cure. Repent and get right. Make the decision. Just like if you were told by a doctor, if you don't change the way you're living physically, you're going to die. Understand, spiritually speaking, that's true even more. Let's get right spiritually. Please join me in prayer. Father, we so desperately need you. We don't need anything except more of you. Help us, Father, to make the hard decisions, the necessary decisions, the uncomfortable decisions to become the people you have called us to be. Lord, our lives are, are yours. You died for us, and thus you purchased us. Help us, Father, to live the lives that you have called us to. Not to live the lives that we think, not to live the lives that seem best to us, but to live lives that are truly, honestly submitted to you. Father, I pray that for myself, and I pray that for everybody here, everybody that's a part of this service in any way. Help us, Father please. And it's all for the glory of Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.